What's up, everybody? This is Toby, and you're listening to the Diverse Podcast, where I sit down with candidates, employers, and entrepreneurs to share their stories and best advice. I'm the founder of Diverse, which is a careers platform supporting underrepresented young professionals and helping them find roles with inclusive employers. Head over to wearediverse.io for the latest opportunities and free resources. Subscribe to us on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on YouTube at We Are Diverse as well. Hope you enjoy this episode. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Welcome to another episode of the Diverse Podcast. I'm here this time with Joe, who is the CEO of Brain Labs. So very, very special episode today. Uh, Joe, why don't you start by giving us a quick intro. Uh, let us know a bit more about yourself and your role at Brain Labs. Yeah, sure. So yeah, as you say, I'm Joe. I'm the UK CEO for, for Brain Labs. I've been with the company now for about uh, a year. And prior to that, I'd spent um, 20 years with WPP at one of the big media agencies and also a few years at a startup. So um, two very different types of experience that have all been kind of brought in into one in Brain Labs because we are a very fast growth and scale up business, essentially. And our remit is to deliver digital marketing services for all of our clients across the globe. Amazing, amazing. Well, you can give us a great perspective, I guess, on what it's like to work at different types of organisations. I didn't know you'd had such a range there. That's really interesting. But um, yeah, for anyone who's who's not aware then of Brain Labs, could you dive in a little bit more on what you do so people can really sort of picture that and, and what it's like working there as well? Of course, yeah. We're a, uh, a digital marketing agency, which means that on behalf of our clients, we help them spend their money, essentially, in in digital marketing. So that could be in paid media, so helping them with their search strategy, their social strategy, programmatic media, um, or it could be helping them with their on-site optimization. So there's a whole group of people, but the whole job is dedicated to helping make your journey through a website more effective and lead you towards that shopping basket and to hit the checkout button. So we have teams that do that. We also have teams that work on uh, SEO performance, which is all of the natural listings that come up below those paid listings on, on search. So we help them with their content strategy there. We have a tech team that builds technology and tools that allow us to do our jobs better effectively. And this is really unusual for a media agency to have a big team of engineers. So our, our engineering team now is 30 plus, um, and you don't find that typically inside an agency. And this is one of the things that makes Brain Labs quite unique and certainly makes us much more of a, a tech business than just a, a, a media business now. Awesome, awesome. Very exciting. Such a range there as well. You know, yeah. I think, um, yeah, digital, digital marketing is a hugely popular, I think, amongst, you know, the young audience that we speak to. So it's great that you cover so many different areas as well. And uh, well, let's dive into that a little bit more then. What makes you sort of unique, really? There's this uh, mm. real focus on the data and the technology, isn't it, that goes behind decision making, which is yeah. yeah, quite unusual for marketing agencies, right? I think it is. And it's also the direction of travel for the whole industry. So what's becoming more important is uh, ability to use and understand data. So that means that when we're hiring new talent into the industry, we're looking for that kind of understanding. So analytical brains, scientific brains that really want to dig into and understand the impact that the data can have. So essentially, the more that we know about the customer that we're targeting, the more effective we can be for our clients. 
Um, we're also spending a, a lot more time and investment now in the area of data science, which sounds very exciting. And, and data science is essentially uh, the science of using data to help us better understand the impact of, of what we're doing. So one of the big challenges for marketing forever has been measurement. Um, and there's a kind of famous old quote, um, I think it was um, from Procter & Gamble, that was something along the lines of, I know that 50% of my marketing um, works, but which 50% is it? And that was back in the day when vast majority of their money was being spent on, on telly. But actually, so much money now is spent in digital, which means that it's infinitely measurable. The challenge that all marketers have and all agencies therefore have is, is actually just trying to work out which metric to use because we have so much available to us. It's a, a case of kind of narrowing it down all the time. So we really like people who are very curious about that data, about um, the performance of the campaigns and really want to get to the bottom of understanding uh, the impact that we can have on any client's business. Wow. And I imagine it's a very exciting place to start your career in the digital marketing space, right? Because over the next yeah. five, 10 years, what, what are we going to see? More of that trend, I would guess, right? hundred percent. And, you know, believe it or not, I actually started my career in digital marketing. But this was back in, in 1998. And uh, it was a very, very different landscape. And um, I suppose we, we were looking for different things there. But actually, that kind of curiosity around data and performance, I would say was still a theme then, just we had less available to us. Um, it was much harder to see actually what, what was working. And what I've seen happen over the last kind of 20 plus years is that actually our ability to be more precise, to scale and to understand impact has, has just increased. Brilliant, brilliant. And it's, yeah, brilliant. I think anyone who's listening, you know, there's, uh, well, there's going to be opportunities as you're listening to this uh, podcast right here. Mm. So we'll have a link to those in the description below. Uh, but Joe, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the roles that you tend to have available each year then within this space at sort of an early career level? Yeah, of course. So at Brain Labs, we really believe in growing our own talent, um, which doesn't, it's not scary as it sounds. I'm not literally going <laughs> to do, do anything to you. Um, but what, what we mean by that is we, we have a pretty unique approach and we like to have a very consistent approach for, for our clients. So if, if, if you join us at that entry level stage, what you get access to is a uh, a year of, of dedicated learning where we're training you in every area of digital marketing, but you're also getting the opportunity to put it into practice on accounts. And then a career long um, time of, of learning and development as, as you then stay and, and go up the, the organization. And what we do in that first year is really lay the foundations and the bedrock for how to execute in all of the channels that we work in, in the Brain Labs way. So we have our own tech, we have our own processes, we have our own best practice, and that needs to be followed by everybody that works in the organization. And what tends to happen is when we bring in people from other agencies or other places, they come with um, a different way of doing things. And, and actually we have to kind of untrain them a little bit to kind of get back in, into the brain that's way. So joining at entry level is, is brilliant for us and for you because you just get to kind of work in, that, in the way that the company works best right from the start. Um, and we take in um, quite large intakes of, of entry level joiners. So they, they could be school leavers, they could be graduates. And we're very open at that stage around who, who, who joins the business, as long as they are kind of exhibiting the 
things that we think are, are most important. So that kind of curiosity um, for marketing performance, um, passion for the industry, um, an ability to to show resilience and, and commitment and um, desire to have a career in the industry that, that we're in. Because we invest a lot in you uh, during that uh, first year and, and beyond. So it's really important that we can see that you're going to give that kind of payback as well and that you'll be committed to us. Oh, interesting. So really a, a plethora of um, skills you're going to get to sort of develop in that in that early role. And I, I like the sound of that a lot because I talk to a lot of young people who are really keen to work in marketing, but they don't quite know where to start and they don't know whether to go, you know, social media or SEO or paid ads or, you know, um, and so to have a chance to get involved in a little bit of everything, I imagine is really, really helpful to help you decide what yeah. you want to do long term. Yeah, I think it really is. I mean, it, it's highly unlikely that you're going to leave school or university thinking, I absolutely just want a career in in, in social or, or search. And, you know, you, you might and, and you might end up being right. But actually, if you can come into a place where you might have an inkling that you've got a particular interest in a certain channel, but have the opportunity to still learn about all the others. It will give you so many more opportunities in, in, in the future. So the the impact of, of what you learn at the beginning will affect the different kind of career paths you can take as you then go up through an organisation. So I think having that kind of broad exposure can be really helpful at that sort of foundation stage. Brilliant, brilliant. And you touched on quite a few different uh, attributes you're, you're looking for. Mm. So resilience, curiosity, um and uh it's great that you know you've got an advantage if you're coming in an entry level because those are our listeners so um yeah take that on board if you're listening you know we've got a a great opportunity to join a brilliant company at the, the first stage mm. are, are there any other tips maybe um yeah any things that we should sort of bear in mind in terms of what else you look for how we can really embody yeah. that with our applications and our interviews secret sauce if you will you know to help someone get hired yeah, definitely. I mean, there are the kind of sort of fundamental things that we look for, like mathematical mind um, and enjoyment of working with with data, numbers and spreadsheets, because there is a kind of hard reality that certainly at the start of your career, you're going to spend a lot of time doing that. And if that if that's not you, you're going to struggle. So um, probably don't don't apply if you if you aren't happy to spend at least your foundational years in in that kind of space. Um, and then you've got the more uh, kind of soft skills or um, attributes that we look for that show the potential of a person in the future. And that's around like motivation. How hardworking are they? How proactive are they? How curious are they? Will they ask questions and want to learn and, and want to grow? Um, do they have a passion for solving problems? So we have a very um, kind of glass half full uh, kind of culture at, at Brain Labs. And we look for people that... Uh, don't want to be beaten by the problem that will just try and find a different way around it so if you've got a great story of how you've overcome problems in your own life or um, in any work that you've done before or in, in, in any aspect actually bring that to the interview because it helps to understand you as a person certainly at entry level we can't really judge you on your ability to work because you haven't done it yet so it's much more looking at who are you as a person? What are the strengths of, of your character? And are you going to be able to do well in a business like this? Um, we look for alignment around our values, so the things that are important to kind of Brain Lab's culture. And are you going to be additive to that? And are you going to do well here as well? It's a, it's a very high paced organisation. 
and um, and that won't be for everyone. You know, some some people do need to work in something that's slightly smaller and nurturing and, and slower, and that's great too. Um, but just being very honest, Brain Labs is 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 pretty fast, and if you're kind of happy to kind of buckle up and enjoy the ride, I think you'll have a great time. Um, but you know, just be, be be mindful of that before before you apply. Um, so people who are also adaptable, excited by growth. Um, and I think I said before, having that passion for this industry. So why, like, why do you, not only do you want to work for Brain Lab, but why do you want to work in this industry? Because uh, so many people find it by accident. It's not necessarily a career that becomes obvious at a kind of school stage that any advisor will talk to you about. It's quite a kind of small industry really and in, um, in the wider scheme of things. Um, and it'll probably be something you'd have to explain to your, to your mum and dad around, uh, I'm joining this company that does this thing um, and they probably never would have heard of it, not fully understand what it is and might even say, is it a real job? Um, but I can assure you it's a real job. It's a very exciting industry, loads of learning potential, growth potential. Also, um, being part of an agency it is very, it's very social. It's very kind of community based. Um, uh, you get a lot of great people that just want to have fun together as well as kind of grow together. Where can I submit my application then? I want yeah, to exactly. As well. You're making me jealous here. Yeah, um, yeah. Sign, sign up. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you've said. You know, it's it might not be for everyone though. You know, the fast-paced nature, some of the analytical yeah. elements. I think that's really, really important because. I think often um, young people apply for roles and then they might not be successful and you're being tested for these things throughout the application process. And I think some, sometimes when you're not successful, that can be really helpful for you as well, because it might show actually this isn't the right place for me and I kind of need to look more broadly at what I want to want to do. So I think that's a really, exactly. really important point to share as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, a little bit of introspection before you jump in, I think can be very valuable. Absolutely. And you're likely to be far more successful in the application process when you do that, because I think employers are really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but employers are really looking for people who really want to work at that organisation because they're passionate about it. They think it will fit mm. nicely into their long term plans, not people who kind of just feel they need the job, because that's quite scary, right? Because if you're just applying as a bit of a checkbox exercise, you're probably not going to succeed and enjoy the role and be there long term. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we are we are looking for long term payback in in the people that we bring in at entry level. It's not come in and do the job and then leave. But we want you to be with us for three, four years. You know, what whatever is appropriate for you. I don't expect you to sign up for life. Um, but I, I do want people to join because they really want to develop a career, and that takes time. You can't do that in a year. You, you need you need a bit more time and commitment to to really get there. Absolutely, absolutely. And what, what more can you tell us about the culture then and what it's what it feels like on the day to day basis? I know, unfortunately, as we're talking about this now, you know, we're all working from home, which is really difficult for lots of businesses to navigate. But just generally, what's the culture and the, the teams and the social side of things? I think that's really, really important for well, Gen Z and probably anyone, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, totally. So I when I joined the company back in January, it was obviously all virtual. And um, so I spent my kind of first few months meeting everyone via the screen, um, which was, you know, it, it was it was OK, actually. And I, I was able to uh, meet a vast majority of the company, able to communicate to the company clearly. You know, we've got all of the tech and systems that we need to make that possible. But I have to say, when we were then able to go back to the office around kind of spring and early summer, 
and that's when I really got to kind of feel a sense of, of what the company was really all about and the people and it's the conversations you can have um, whilst having lunch or um, having a coffee. So one of the, the really big things at Brain Lab is that we feed everyone. So if you're in the office, you get breakfast and lunch every day and everyone eats communally, especially lunch. So at, at lunchtime, you know, lunch is open for, for a few hours and you'll go in and just, just take a seat at one of the tables. And it means that you just speak to people that you might not already know. Um, it's a chance to have a kind of social um, connection around the business. And it means you take a proper break and don't eat lunch at your desk. So culturally, eating together is really, really important to us. Um, and we're trying to ensure that that's a consistent experience across all of our offices around the world, whether you're an office of you know, 300 people like I have in, in London or an office of 30 people like I have in Manchester, you still should get that same kind of experience that food is bringing us to, to, together. So we're very passionate about food at, at Brain Labs. Um, and I think that also kind of connects to the, the fun side of the business. So pre-pandemic, pre um, Brain Labs had a kind of hardworking culture, but also a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of the, the fun was happening when people were together. And, you know, we've all tried to have fun, haven't we, over the last couple of years on screens. And, you know, we've all had enough Zoom quizzes to, to last us a lifetime. You know, yeah, we're going to go back to them this week, I think, for a few more end of year Zoom quizzes. But, you know, we'd all much rather do it in person. It, it, it's definitely a, a lot more fun. And agency life in general, I'd say, has a fun and social aspect to it. It's work hard, play hard. That is a kind of constant theme that you'll find across any any agency probably that that you join. Um, but what I like about Brainlands is that's also then coupled with this huge um, and uh, kind of growth and ambition and passion for solving problems all of the time and not getting in the way of ourselves to, to do it. I love that. That sounds that sounds amazing. You know, it sounds a little bit like university, you know, sort of getting together in the canteen and having it's a lot like that. It's a very easy step, I think, from, you know, <laughs> one kind of um, institution to to another to, to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I'm getting quite good at the Zoom quizzes. So that's the only silver line in there. So um, oh, yeah, hopefully filled. I'll win a few more. <laughs> um, how about DNI then? So obviously we've got a very diverse audience listening to us. Mm. And I think um, Gen Z especially very, very socially conscious and, uh, mm. you know, consider that now the values of the companies when they decide where they want to work. What, what can you share about yeah. the sort of Branding Labs approach to diversity and inclusion? Sure. So the kind of guiding guiding belief is that um, diverse voices around the table give a better result. You know, end end of. So if you're if you're sitting in a room and you look around that room and see seven others like yourself, at least six of you are wasting your time. And you you need to ensure that as you as you build teams, you have that consideration throughout. So at entry level it should be the easiest time for us to ensure that we have a diverse intake that is representative of the world that we live in, of the cities that, that we are recruiting in. And, you know, we don't kind of go out and, and handpick people and ask them to come and work at Brain Labs. So we are you know, limited to some degree by the people that apply. But what we are doing is ensuring that we are making the application to Brain Labs more visible and more available to um, to anyone from any walk of life, any any background. So whether that's through apprenticeship programs that we have with, with Multiverse or through um, advertising our, our roles on more diverse job boards, for example, um, we're doing all of that to ensure that we get uh, a wider group of people in at that kind of application level. 
This, the second thing to consider is that when our founder first set up the business, he built the team originally on this theory that he could teach mathematicians and scientists to be marketeers rather than what was happening in the rest of the industry, which was trying to teach marketeers to be mathematicians and scientists. And he's right that actually the other way around is, is a lot easier because that kind of mathematical scientific brain can be applied to solve so many different problems. And given Brain Labs this unique culture and unique approach to, to the way that we the way that we work. Um, and that meant that we were um, hiring from lots of STEM backgrounds um, and at the time quite a limited set of universities. So we've really broadened out the, um, the number of universities that we are hiring from. We also, for a period of time, broadened out the type of courses um, and subjects that we were looking for as well. The challenge with that is it brought a number of people into the organisation that actually didn't really enjoy the spreadsheets and the mathematical side of it and the data side of it. So actually, STEM is still kind of our core focus because we know that that type of... Um, uh, entry-level employee is going to probably thrive more and they're going to enjoy their early years um, whereas someone that's come from more of an arts background might struggle just with the amount of data and spreadsheets they're going to have to consume in, in their first few years in, in the business so we're trying to get kind of diversity of candidate in terms of background um, but we're being quite clear on what we need in order to uh, for people to, to do well really um, at, at the business and that doesn't have to be a degree it can just be it can be at a level it can be GCSE it can be BTEC or an, any other kind of qualification that, that you have uh, and you can apply through our apprenticeship scheme or through um, the, the graduate entry as well and everyone starts on the same level so we don't um, discriminate between the education that you've had up until the point of joining Brain Labs we pay on the role rather than the education that's led to it. Brilliant, brilliant. No, that's, it's great to hear. And I think it's so, so important for employers to be really, really intentional about these things. And, you know, I think we've seen lots of organisations just sort of put out a statement, but not really back it up mm. with that action. And, you know, it, it's so important to go to all these different communities that you've mentioned and, you know, add value and making sure they're aware of your, your opportunities. So I certainly really, really appreciate that. Um, so you've clearly had a, a very varied uh, career and you've, um, I'm sure, developed a lot of le lessons that could help anyone listening right now. So is there anything you, you could share with us, any lessons that you've learned, maybe something you wish you knew when you just left college or university that you, you know now, looking back, I wish I knew that, what, what would that be? So I didn't go to university, um, which meant that when I uh, joined the business, my expectations were probably slightly lower than somebody who had come from, from university. Now, I didn't think the world owed me anything particularly. I felt hugely fortunate to have been given the, the role because certainly at the time, like very few non-graduates would get into uh, the type of company that I, I was in. Um, so I think that really sort of set the framework for how I was going to work and how I was going to take... Um, on any opportunity that, that was given to me. And I was um, kind of good at raising my hand saying, yeah, I'll have a go. Um, yes, I'd like, to, I'd like to try that. And trusting the people above me to give me the, those opportunities and then proving I could do the work and you know, building, building my career from there. So I think what I, I learned from that is you, you've got to be really open-minded when you first enter an industry and be aware that you know, the job that you think you're coming into or um, the role that you think you might want in the future might actually turn out to be something different and that and that's okay 
And it's a, the type of industry where you can actually really zigzag your way up to the top. You don't have to just take a linear path and it's not a race. You know, careers can last a, a lifetime. Um, so don't be in a rush. Like try to try to enjoy what you're doing and feel confident in what, what you're doing. And it, I, I think that confidence comes through time and experience and you can't rush that. However much, you know, you might say, I'm really ambitious and I want to get to the top really quickly. You will be better um, at what you do at the next stage. If you just give yourself time to, to really learn, cement your, cement your experiences and, and build um, at, at each stage. So, yeah, I, I always give very similar advice to, to any, any entry level joiner is just be open minded about the role you're doing. Put your hand up and get involved um, uh, and um just keep on being um, kind of reflective and uh, analytical about yourself as well and the, the role that you're playing, what you're learning, what you want to do and find mentors um, and good managers to help you kind of make, make your way up and across. Wow, a lot, a lot of great advice there. And yeah, no, it's so interesting. I think sometimes, well, I, I for one, I often hear, you know, I only want this job, this specific SEO role in London mm. it has to be this company. And it's it's like, you know, when you're, I think, yeah, at times it's important to be very, very open-minded. And one of the mis- mistakes I think I made at the beginning was, was probably being that, being a little bit too, oh, I'm going to hit the ground running and, you know, contribute in every single meeting and, you know, put my mm. hand up for everything. And actually it's fine to, only speak on or contribute to things that you actually know about um to to yeah not not kind of trying to overstretch yourself to show off Mm. or climb the ladder quickly I think is is important right yeah definitely and I think that's something that you you learn over time as well that actually you don't need to be the person speaking in the room all of the time sometimes it's better to be the person listening and then just make one comment that can be more powerful and I think you have a responsibility as well as an individual if you feel that you're representing a, a certain community in um, in any room that you're in to speak up and don't waste the seat that you're in. So it's not to say, you know, you're under pressure to speak up because you're the only woman in the room, for example. But if you don't, then you're you are wasting that opportunity because you will have a different point of view to every other person sitting in that room I can almost guarantee it. So just like build that confidence to to share a perspective, but don't feel like you've got to you know dominate the meeting. Just say something. You get noticed. There you go. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And it's interesting. So you mentioned at the beginning, you in terms of your, your experience, you've worked startup, um, mm-hmm. really large organisation, WBB, yeah. and uh, what well, another you know large agency, I guess maybe in between sort of thing. Yeah. What, what, I'm curious. What, what are the, the big differences then across the three? What what can someone be considering then if we're looking to get maybe our first role? Any any thoughts on who's suited to each one of those categories or deciding between the three? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all fantastic um, options in, in, in their own right. So like starting at the smallest in, in, in a startup, um, if you go into a startup entry level, it's going to be chaotic. There probably won't be a clear... Uh, entry-level training plan you're going to get thrown in the deep end and you're going to get your hands dirty you're going to get a lot of exposure to senior people because the agency will be or the business will be much more collapsed in terms of kind of hierarchy and and, and size um uh, but you, you what you might lack is kind of structure 
and breadth of experience that, that you can learn from. But it's going to suit somebody that really loves to like uh, just figure it out as, as, as they go along and can be really kind of confident and self-starting and doesn't need to be kind of handheld. Um, otherwise, you're not going to do very well in an organisation like, like that. So I think it suits a certain type of personality um, to do well at that stage when you're not the one bringing the experience. You're just bringing the, uh, the warm body, essentially, and an open mind into, into that in that company. In a, in a scale up, it's like a step up from that. So um, you've still got an element of the kind of chaos um, and the, um, the excitement that comes with growth as well. So if you like being in an environment that feels quite buzzy and agile and things changing really quickly and that you can actually have a real impact on, on the product and business, then um, a kind of scale up organization is going to be the right place for, for you to go. Um, and then you've got kind of the more traditional, more established businesses. And, you know, there you're going to get absolutely kind of huge career opportunities potentially, but you're a one very tiny person inside a very, very big machine. So your ability to make an impact is is really reduced. Your opportunity to stand out is harder because there's more competition, but you benefit from there being much more structure around what you do um, and the organisation that you're working in. It's less chaotic, it's slightly slower pace. Um, uh, lots of people to potentially learn from, be mentored by much bigger kind of organizational infrastructure, like mentoring programs, training and development programs. Um, so all of that is kind of much more kind of clearly laid out. And if, you, if you're somebody that sort of would suit that more kind of, I don't want to call it corporate because agencies aren't generally that, that corporate, but certainly in comparison to a startup or a scale up, they'll have a bit more of that kind of corporate feel. Um, someone that likes things to be very structured and organized and professional, you're going to do better in an organization like, like that. So I think they're all fantastic and anyone can probably do well everywhere. But wherever you lean um, into the things that I've just described might help you choose uh, the type of business that would be best for you. Yeah, no, I think that's that's super helpful. And it's an interesting decision you have to make, isn't it? But you mm. can't really go wrong. You, you get an experience at the end of the day. I, I started in a a scale up and I think that gave me it's quite a narrow role but it gave me quite a lot of responsibility really mm. really early on which I think was great and then I uh, I went to work at BT Sport after that so much more corporate much more like you said you know a cog in a bigger machine yeah um incredible learning and development opportunities though because it, it can be so varied and in, in I think larger organizations but yeah. um yeah maybe a little bit too much uh corporate uh yeah authority for me so uh yeah has to do the startup thing after that um how about for any because you've also founded your own businesses as well right so how about for any entrepreneurs out there listening um any any advice for any first-time founders so i think founding businesses is probably a slight overstatement of, <laughs> of my own personal achievements but yes i set up a, a nutrition business so i had a kind of plan b that i um uh, trained to be a nutritional therapist and this was at time before i had children um and i was working really hard and i just at the time looked up and didn't see many women above me with kids making the career look like it was something that uh, I was going to want to do. So I kind of went off and, and uh, started training in my, my own time, really, to, to become a, a nutritionist. And that was a course that went over kind of three years whilst I was working. Um, and once I kind of qualified, um, something had changed in me in that I, I still love the kind of nutrition business, but actually having something to focus on outside of work had made me enjoy my work more 
because my whole life wasn't so centered around what I was doing and um, for for that business and I had a kind of a way out and a and another another route that I could take if at any point I decided to press the eject button so it it kind of made it easier actually to um be more objective about the the job that I was doing how hard I was working and, and whether I thought I could see kind of a future there so anyway I, I decided to kind of carry on doing both in um in in tandem and I set up a, a small kind of private practice and website and I wrote a, um, a very kind of basic book on um, detox plans um, and, and started se selling those online. Um, but then, you know, as the kind of the, the two businesses are sort of scaling up in their own right, so my kind of employed role and my own little business, and then I had children on top of that, something had to give in, in the mix. So, you know, nutrition is there for me in, in the background, might be something that I retreat to at some point um, later in, in my life um, when I want something that's a little bit more low key. For now, it's just there to kind of uh, look after myself, my family and, and, and my friends. So, you know, I'm still very interested in the subject, but not running the business. The other business that I created was a, a small agency inside an agency. So when I was at Mindshare, I saw this business opportunity to create a, a business model that was there to service startups. And this is what really kind of created my love and passion for wanting to work in a startup in, environment. So I set up a small agency that had a totally different way of working and um, different commercial models um, that was able to kind of run with an element of, of freedom, but still had the backing and support of the kind of the bigger uh, infrastructure that, that sat in, in, in the business. Um, so, uh, and then from there, I went into a startup and um, built the UK business from, from scratch for, um, for Frida. And what I've learned from kind of all three of, of, of those experiences is that um, uh, it's just you. You look around, you think, well, who can who can do this thing? Um, like, where's the IT support, for example? Like, it doesn't it, it doesn't exist. Like, there's you are everything. You're the accountant. You're the um, IT support, you're the person designing the office when you start to get to kind of a, a bigger organization, you've got to do all the hiring and recruitment, you've got to create the documents from scratch because they, they, they don't exist. It's all on you. So you need a lot of energy, a lot of commitment and passion um, to the cause. You've got to accept the knockbacks and be very resilient. So I think my kind of personal level of resilience is, is really is really high, sometimes maybe to a point of, you know, danger like I, I can take quite a lot before I'm like hang on a minute this is all a bit too much so um you know don't go anywhere near being a, a startup or an entrepreneur if, you, if you're not resilient because you're going to get a lot of no's before you get the yeses um so that's that's really important to, to bear in mind and you know you've got to be um super passionate about the thing that it is you're creating like if you don't believe it no one else is going to so you've got you've got to believe it but then you've also got to listen, listen really, really carefully to the feedback that you're getting from you know, the clients that you're, you're selling your proposition to, the people that you're, you're working with, and then build a team around you of people that are different to you, that will challenge you in a, in a nice way, in a kind of collaborative way, but bring skill sets and experiences that you don't have personally, and sometimes hire people that are better than you. In fact, always hire people that are better than you. Don't try to hire below you. Because I think that's when like growth really, really slows down. Oh yeah, lots of lots to digest there. No, I think that's 
Really, really interesting. And yeah, you've got to be you've got to be passionate about it. Otherwise, you know, you're going to quit when it gets hard and it will inevitably mm. get hard at times. Right. But I think it's an incredible that entrepreneurial streak. It's an incredible quality to have. I think when I think about hiring, I, I try to look for that in people. And yeah, anyone who's gone out there and just really tried something, really, you know, tried to launch a start a, a side hustle yeah. even from the ground up. I think it's a great, great trait to have. And, you know, don't be shy about putting that on your CV and mentioning it in, in interviews yeah. as well. I think often, often sometimes maybe I think mm. people don't have pride in what they've done in their personal life but I think that's really really important yeah. that helps you stand out you know it episode. definitely does and don't be afraid to talk about the failures in there as well I think actually so um, when things go wrong is actually when you learn the most um, and it can be tempting to just talk about all the stuff where it went really great and look what I've achieved and you know everything's really perfect but actually life isn't perfect people aren't perfect and if you're able to talk about when I got it wrong or when things didn't go as I expected, here's what I did, here's how I rallied, here's how I kind of show my my resilience. That's a much more interesting story than someone showing up and saying, I got straight A's, I'm awesome, I've just done so well in, in my whole life now, now can I have a job? I'm sure they're super bright, fantastic, but things will go wrong at work. And, you know, exams aren't like clients. Clients are uh, much more kind of human and they, they will be irrational. Um, in the way that they, they think and you've got to be ready for someone to tell you you're wrong um, and that can be really hard to hear that for the first time. 100% and, and I was told once you know the only reason we have jobs is because there are problems to solve essentially yeah. if there weren't any problems we wouldn't have any jobs so you know exactly. you, yeah tried and failed and that's that's valuable experience you know for a mm. job that you could be going into. So last question for me I guess mm-hmm. um, can't take up too much of your time so we've obviously you know it's been a very very difficult job market lots of people uh putting themselves out there and and not quite able to get that first perhaps corporate job um that they're they're really really out there going to try to to get to boost their cv um which i think is quite difficult so we're facing you know a lot of rejections particularly in this period Mm. have you got any advice for anyone listening who might be going through that to um either make them feel more confident in the future or just uh yeah uh, more more um understanding of of what they're going through if you like yeah so um don't give up would be my first bit of advice because if you want to get into this particular industry it's a thriving industry it's a growing industry um, a lot of the delays around hiring entry level people has been just due to the situation of not being face to face and knowing that actually when somebody joins a business at the beginning, they, they need like that day to day guidance and sitting at home on your own uh, in your bedroom, maybe or in a shared lounge or, or kitchen is not the best environment to try and start a career in. So try to be patient. But um, the one big thing I think will be really important is, okay, so what did you do with your time? So whilst you didn't have a job, what did you do? And it's it's in that story that I think you can really start to separate the people that have got something interesting about them and real potential to be an asset to a company. These are people that are like, oh, I just chilled. You know, I didn't I didn't do much. I watched a lot of Netflix, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying go and start a business necessarily, but, you know, do something, do something valuable that you feel that when you look back, you'll say, I used that six months or whatever it was um, to make an impact on something that was important to me. And this is how I use my time. And that, and it, you know, it can be absolutely anything, but just something that shows that you've got, you know, a bit of kind of get up about you um, and you're not going to give up when um, things are, are difficult. Um, but it's also, I think, a great time to be an entry level joiner 
because um, the demand for staff um, in the market is super high right now and uh, staff with experience um, are hugely in, in demand and therefore it's very competitive. So as a business, we've made a very kind of particular decision to say, okay, we're going to hire more people at the kind of ground up level and train them because it, it enables us to, um, to train people in the right way, as we kind of dis discussed earlier, um, but also to... Um, not have to worry about that those kind of experienced hires you know six 12 months from now because we'll be kind of growing our, our own talent so there are definitely lots of opportunities at, at brain labs if anything i've said to you today kind of floats your boat and you think yeah this is me i'd love to be in an organization like this then please do apply and we and we do hire uh, a few times a year so if it's not now there might be an opportunity in in, in the future um, and just you know do, do keep looking do those investigations offer yourself up do work experience work experience is the reason I got into this industry like sometimes you've got to put yourself out there a bit work for free or um I don't think it's free anymore I think you know back it back in my day and didn't have to pay me anything to, to do <laughs> to do work experience but now now we would um but it just shows willing you're prepared to kind of give it a go well, Joe, thanks so much. This has been uh, incredible. I'm sure there's lots of people that are now very, very excited to apply. I can guarantee that. Um, and as we're, we're sat here today, you know, check out the link in the description or head over to wearediverse.io. We've got uh, the Brain Labs marketing uh, executive role live right now. Um, so please do go check that out. Joe, thanks again, once again. And uh, yeah, it's been wonderful having you on. And everyone listening, good luck with the applications. Thank you so much. I've loved joining you.